Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Dad Hats and Bowties. It's the kid XAB. It's your man, Distinguished to God, baby. It's your boy, D-Flow. Yes, sir. This is episode 90 motherfucking 8. Getting, getting close. One more away, Yeah, boy. we're getting close to that promised land. Uh, this nigga D-Flow got curls in his hair, son. Yo, I'm yo, really listen, sick of y'all bro. niggas, son. Listen, son. <laughs> when did you start bro, curling your hair, my nigga? Testing out what works for me, you feel me? <laughs> I was I was this close about to go back to waves the other day. I was just like, I'm about to go get this do rag. I was like, nah, it's too hot. Grease in my hair. Oh nah. I can't do that right now. I can't do all that. This thing was you look like you might have freshened up your cut a little bit too, nigga. You gotta definitely you gotta, gotta shape uh, up or something. Gotta nigga. Shape up. Uh well actually I, I, I got a haircut. Um these motherfuckers went away this weekend. Um that shit was fucking amazing. Boy, these fucking COVID trips. Jeez. I should have been sick already. Need to get, need to get these, you, these uh, rates from you, 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 you nigga. Because you, you traveling, son. I need you. Got to send me these yeah, rates. Yeah, well, well, well. Out, I'm traveling to places that I don't pay for. You know, shout out to the women that treat me like a fucking king. Say less, bro. You, you do yeah, your man. thing, man. Enjoy that. I'm definitely gonna enjoy that. All right. Well. I definitely want to try and do water or white water rafting before the summer's out. I was about to say, wow, you should have been did that. <laughs> we're not, we, we not doing that. That's not, we're not starting a show like that. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. Let her suck the gooch nah, first. Nah. Reparations. Um, but white, white, white water rafting, I definitely want to do that. <laughs> I, I'm ignoring you, sir. Right. I'm ignoring you. Um. I got three. But yeah, anybody let's, got an all man moment? Let's run it up. Let's, let's run it up. Um, <laughs> well, goddamn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, run it up. First all man moment. So, really quick, right. I just want to make this clear. <sighs> Let me just breathe. I meditate a lot. Let me breathe. Shout out to all of our listeners who have been supporting the podcast since day one, um, since we've been established. We're definitely coming up on our fourth year anniversary. Um, this fall, uh, we will celebrate four years of the podcast. We are two episodes away from episode 100, and boy, do we have some goodies lined up. So I just want to get that out, clear the dust. Shout out to all of our listeners who've been holding it down since day one. Number two, um, shout out to everybody who is securing their skin, securing their sex, um, their sexuality, um, and shout out to everybody who uh, does what they feel because it makes them feel good. So last week's episode, episode 97, where my dog's at, um, there was a lot of, 
I'm not going to say controversy, but there was a lot of speculation about uh, my sexuality and, you know, who I'm fucking or, you know, uh, who's fucking me or what I'm doing. Um, a lot of uh, men and women uh, came into the inbox. Some people actually shot their shot. Not going to say no names. Men, I will spare you. I love you guys. Um, women, I will spare you too because I was very shocked. Some of y'all got men. Some of y'all are married. Anyways, more of the story is this. I don't really give a fuck. Well, you damn. Know, I just, <laughs> niggas got me in my Birkin bag. Um, more of the story is I am a person at this stage in my life where if it makes me feel good, it makes me feel good. So let me be a bit more explicit for the niggas in the back with their drawers down. If I'm in a situation with a woman and the woman wants to bring a man in the situation, I'm talking about a threesome, fellas, and the woman is with it. If I'm feeling the vibes that night, I'm with the vibes. And when I say with the vibes, I'm with the shits. Okay? So let me make that very clear. Um, some niggas thought it was a joke. It was a game. Nah, this is real life. Okay? <laughs> that's, that's where the fuck I'm at in life. Okay? All right? All right. So let's make that clear. Number two, um, no... I'm not in a relationship. I'm actually coming up on one year to be exact if niggas want actual specifics. Okay? It's about to be one year. I'm celebrating in August 11 months. Um, so that's where I'm at. I'm living my best fucking life. I'm minding my business. Um, I'm not uh, trying to hurt anybody. And I'm not trying to allow anybody to hurt me. Um, this is the most transparent and honest I've been in my entire life. Um, I'm 30 years old. Okay? Um, I, I, something clicked when May 9th happened this past year, and I was like, okay, this is what the vibes is. You know, this is how I want to dress. This is how I want to talk. This is how I want to sex. This is how I want to be sexed. This is how I want to look. And that's where I'm at in life. Um, if people have a problem with that, um, you will still listen to the podcast anyway because you guys are nosy and ain't nobody doing it like, like we fucking doing it. So, yeah, so those are my uh, three all-man moments. Um, again, thank you guys for listening to Dad Has Some Bowties religiously. You know, you listen to this shit more than you listen to your pastors, and I fucking appreciate you. Uh, you listen to Dad Has Some Bowties more than you listen to your guidance counselors. I appreciate you, and you listen to Dad Has Some Bowties more than you listen to your spouses. I definitely appreciate y'all. Um, well, hopefully they're not uh, listening more than yeah, the guidance listen, counselors because then they're being uh, schooling of some people, sort. And people this think is not a school. It's not a PG-13 uh, podcast, people. Listeners think that this podcast is some type of therapy for them. I had somebody, I'm not going to say the individual's name. I respect it. I had somebody say because of how open I was with my story, they opened up about their sexual history. And I was like, hey, if we were able to do that, that's what's up. Oh, I'm okay. just clarifying the guidance counselor part. If if they see it as therapy, I'm with it. <laughs> guidance counselor sounds like some school based shit. We ain't that. But so to to help, I guess maybe uh, move mm-hmm. this conversation along. Um, would, so you consider your with so what they say is that uh, gender and okay. sexuality is on a spectrum. Do you consider yourself uh, masculine flex, which is like a flexible, you're more on the masculine side and you're, you're more in tune with dating women, but you're flexible about the idea of other flexible people being in, your, in that space. Other people being in that space. So, i.e., for example, if a woman, if I'm talking to a woman 
and she's already into threesomes and she's not necessarily into women. She's into men. And if she says, I want to bring another man in the bedroom, I'm going to tell her I don't have a problem with that. Now, depending on what it is this man wants to do to her or wants to do to me, if I want it to be done, it'll be done. I'm into what makes me feel understood. That's where I'm at in life this present day. I'm into what makes me feel. If it makes me feel good, I'm going to do it. Well, well, brother, you know there is no judgment here. I know that. We are going to love you (laughs) no matter what. (laughs) But for our listeners, I don't think I made it as clear, so I wanted to make it crystal, crystal clear today. Y'all not going to forget episode 98. Oh, well, I'm making it clear for the listeners, too, that... You know, you know, because I think this is a conversation that, unfortunately, people don't have. Um, and sometimes this leads people mm-hmm. to do things like hurt themselves or whatever the case is. And I think it's just important um, on air for there to be an acknowledgement of whatever it is that you decide to do with yourself, your sexuality and and uh, any means. And again... Is the, you're not saying anything that is so wild and crazy or some type of Fifty Shades of Grey stuff or whatever. But I do think it's important because I don't think it happens often, especially between black men, um, to just simply put out there that no matter what, that has some bow ties is always going to be here as your support system and as your brothers. That, brother. I just think that's important. Yeah, man. Listen, bro. I I don't I don't judge people on what they want to do in the bedroom. You do what you do, bro. I'm 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 on the different side of it. But I feel you. If you're happy, I'm happy, Amen. man. And that's the main thing. If you're happy, then do what you do, man. Handle your business. Yeah, and and I think that's imp- I think that's important to distinguish too. Um, is that not everything is for everybody. That doesn't mm. necessarily make you a bad person or a good person. If if it's for you or not, it's just about how you, I guess, present that because we do have to be careful and sensitive to the fact that if it is for somebody, when you downplay it, you kind of are, in a sense, make people feel certain type of ways. Like when you go and you bring food in and some random motherfucker walks into the room talking about, right. oh, that food looks disgusting. Well, shit, you that, ain't eating it, fact. my nigga. So, so I don't need your opinion fact. on it. You know what I'm saying? So it's the same it's the same thing. It's just being being careful. It may not be for you. You may not like fish. Okay. You don't like fish. I do. And I'm going to bust back this shit down. You walk in the room, you don't like the way it smells. Walk your ass that's back it. out. And that's that right there. It, 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 ain't, it ain't for you, but I don't need your opinion on that's it, it at all. I, it's you like those saying? people that so. come in the room and smell something. Like if someone walks in the room and they smell like, let's say, like, let's, say let's, let's do a, a fish comparison just, just to make things simple. And then all of a sudden it busts. They got a they got an air freshener, and they're like, Shh. they're not gonna tell you they don't like the fucking fish <laughs> or they don't like the smell, the scent of this fish. But my nigga, you're spraying the air freshener like it's common sense. Why you're spraying the air freshener? It's like mm. now, and now I'm, I'm now, uncomfortable. Now you made me uncomfortable. You made me feel as if though the food I'm eating is not good or it it's it's so much of a bad scent that I'm. That is bothering people to that point, and I'm just like, yeah. And now I gotta, and now I feel like yeah. I can't bring it back. I, I can't gotta eat wrap the fish it up. No more. Oh, niggas, is, mm. niggas don't like to say I gotta wrap up my food now because I don't want to make people uncomfortable. I don't like those type of shit. Like, if you don't like what the fuck I'm eating or what I'm doing, then 
Move about your move business. About your and business. Then tell me another time in private. Be like, yo, that joint you brought the other day, bro. That joint was wild, <laughs> man. Like, I don't know. You know. And even in that, in the private conversation, I may explain to you something yeah. cultural about it. Well, it because smells like this because we use this spice in my culture, and that's what brings out the flavor. And guess what? You don't that's have it. to eat it. You know, and and this fucking analogy is hitting. So I know some of our listeners are gonna Definitely. take this analogy and use it. And I'm with the shits. It's a really good analogy. It's it's just like when you walk into a room and somebody is eating food. Everybody has a different opinion on sex and and things of that nature, sexuality and all of that. It, it nobody's opinion is necessary if you're gonna if you're gonna use your opinion to downplay or try and hurt or try and demean somebody else. It's just it ain't it ain't it. That's we it. in twenty twenty now. I was about to it say we so. we in twenty twenty, man. Like if you ain't with the shits at this point, I don't know. <laughs> what I will say is I, I I think that it it's very courageous for you to take that stance. Again, I don't you know, you're not saying nothing wild. Um you're, you're talking about mm. a very particular situation in terms of threesomes. And it's not a um it's but not even common one either so that's a big fact (laughs) that's a big fact it's not an uncommon thing it's not like we're talking about you sliding down a pole with four other niggas behind you and a girl (laughs) and your face was in the girl's face and her booty crack and y'all was sliding down the unicorn thing (laughs) you're not saying something shitting in cups you're not talking about something that's so outrageous that people are just like wow why i've never heard of that before like you're talking about something that's for some people regular right because so and 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 mother before you go to sing we gotta keep it a thousand there's a lot of niggas that better the situation with they homie and they they both smashing a girl i was just about and to they say let that. some shit slide that's all i'm about to say that yo i i know too many men personal real life stories man like I know some shit, man. I've seen some shit, man. I've been around some shit. So when I hear people say certain shit about, you know, they don't know what it is that I'm going to say. It may affect the brand or it may affect what I'm building. In my mind, I'm like, actually, no. Me personally, um, it's not going to affect. If anything, what the episode of last week showed me was that there's a lot of motherfuckers hiding. Like, real shit. Like, there's a lot of people hiding. And Mm. because I opened up, somebody told me this, Pandora's box. Nigga, it wasn't just Pandora's box. It was Jeffrey's box. It was Latoya's box. It was Kendall's box. It was Joey's (laughs) box. Like, people was... I'm fucking dead. I'm dead. A lot of people was like, oh, my God. I didn't know or... I would have never thought or you just look like you didn't. And it's like, it's not that it didn't look like I didn't. It's the reality is when you start to explore, I think one of the things that kind of opened this whole, I guess, gateway for me was the first time when I was 21 and a 35 or 36 year old woman stuck her finger up my ass. And I was like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? Like, that's gay. And she was like, yo, whoa, wait a minute. I don't like that. And I was like, what do you mean? She was like, why why does that mean that that's gay? She was like, if you like it, you like it. Let me know if you don't like it, and then I'll stop doing it. But if you do like it, 
why would you fight what you really like? So I really had to sit there in the fucking bed naked, looking at her retarded, and let her do it. Turns out a nigga liked it. But because of how she did it, I was trying to downplay how it was making me feel when she did it. And that was years ago. And I think that's an honest conversation that a lot of people may have to have with themselves in terms of their sexual curiosities. There are definitely a lot of men out there that are curious about that, but because of the same sentiments of quote unquote, that's gay or whatever, have you, whatever they, whatever they're saying in that capacity, um, they're unwilling to try some sexual things. And it's not only from men, you know, there are some women that, We'll hear about yeah, you of doing certain sexual yeah, things. Yeah, because I noticed. Don't deal with you. I noticed from last so, week when it happened. Again, I'm not gonna call no names, but shout out to y'all. I want y'all to still listen to the show, whether what I said pissed you off or not. Um, there's a lot of women that I guess held me to such an esteem in sex because of the erotic shows and Gray Hefner, and you know being associated with Untamed Talent and you know, you know, talking spicy sometimes on the gram and, you know, my erotic poetry that they couldn't fathom it. I had a woman tell me, she's actually a a prominent listener of the show. She was like, yeah, I couldn't see me and you having sex and then a man trying to do something sexually to you. That would, like, turn me off from you. And I was like, but it's okay if I watch you get your ass eaten by another female, right? I said, you see how there's a double standard there, right? She goes, yeah, but I still wouldn't like it. I was like, I feel you. But there is still a double standard. Let's not act like that's not what that is, you know? And it's tough to have these conversations because I guess the way that people assume the way you are, and it's like, it doesn't mean that I'm now, quote unquote, going to be out here with, you know, um, the rainbow flag, right? A boyfriend or the rainbow flag. Um, or, you know, like, and again, that's not to say that I wouldn't be out there with the rainbow flag support. And I've definitely supported and am a prime supporter of the LGBTQ in a lot of areas when it comes to, um, social justice and activism. Um, my friends who listen to this, they know what the fuck I'm talking about. But the moral of the story is, I think that in some way, like in a, in a sexual way, I let them down because, the energy from last week, bro, to this week of me talking to them, it's not the same energy. And I'm like, wow. Like, it's really not. I'm talking about the women. No, it's not. I mean, it, it's it's a lot some, for some people to, to process. However, if they know you, this, say, is this is not, is not far, very far off. Not that's why me and Flo, me and Flo is not like, it's not very far off from your average everyday distinguished uh, sentiments. Like, it's not something that is too far off doesn't it's not surprising it's not anything that is i like i said i think is is dope and courageous that you decided to take that stance publicly and put it this on is history, on, baby. on a public platform <laughs> and just be firm but it, it's nothing that that is like <laughs> whoa holy right. shit wait where did that come from like it doesn't it don't feel like that i mean that like to i me. said people live people live in their bubbles man and when you pop that bubble for them and they repatch it up, it's whether or not they want you in it, bro. That's that's just the reality of it, man. Like I I know a lot of close friends of mine that if I told them something like this about myself, if that was the case for me, they wouldn't fuck with me no right. more simply because of how their mentality yeah. is. And 
I can't be upset with them if they don't want to associate with me for that because it makes them uncomfortable or it makes them it make it challenges what they think about it then that is that you feel me like i i'm working with a i'm working with an artist right now who's a who's a cool dude he's like gay he's gay and i it's business like there's nothing to it to me like it's just business we do right and his and his sexual identity doesn't negate how you're gonna do business with him in terms of producing music and producing records fan because that's the relationship that y'all have and that's what it is and that's that no that's it i mean it it really it just shouldn't be a fact that's it like it's not i've grown to that because i've you know i've come from a different place so i've grown to accept that and i've grown to respect the the environment i'm in so i know the people i'm surrounded by and whether or not that's my personal lifestyle doesn't matter the biggest part about it is that as long as you don't try to force that lifestyle Correct. on me or make me feel uncomfortable Correct. around you, then we could work. There's no reason for me to discriminate. There's no reason for me to question it. We can still laugh. We can still joke. You can still do all of that. You know, and that's the biggest difference right there. I think people allow themselves to be bothered by it because they want you to they want you to be a part or they want you to they force you to be in a particular situation and i think the problem with you is like you said you've a part of it though this division i have to say it i, I maybe x doesn't want to say it, but I, i'll i have to say it from this perspective yeah. you have painted a perception of yourself right so you can't be that thrown off because of the perception you've painted and how and now that you're saying to yourself well, you know what? That perception, you've come to that realization that you don't want to live by that false perception of yourself right, anymore. Right, right. So you got to understand that for years, you done painted this perception for people. Right. And then all of a sudden, you're just like, fuck what y'all niggas thought about me. This is the new me. This is who I okay. really am. So you can't be like, oh, it's wild that y'all acting like this. Nah, you've already painted a perception. If I've known you a certain way all this mm. time... And then all of a sudden you come and you tell me a whole separate narrative because you feel you're living a different life and you feel that this is your true identity. It's going to take me time to adjust to that. The only thing I will say to counteract that, they've known of Distinguish through the lens of entertainment. They don't really know me, Flo. Y'all know me. Like, y'all know me. Know me, know me. That's true. A lot of the people that, as well about that are saying this in terms of the women, mm-hmm. we've never had sexual relations. As much as they've wanted to, we've never had that. So it, for them, it's like, I think I it's an ego you. thing for them. But we're public figures now, bro. You're not just a regular, degular nigga walking, oh, I'm just distinguished <laughs> right, God. Right, right. Not, nah, nigga, like people, people look up to you. You influence people. Okay. Think of whoever you idolize in the entertainment industry and that person comes and tells you something that's that that's not the way you perceive okay. them. You might be willing to accept it, but you're still going to be taken back by it a little okay. bit. You feel I me? Mean? I think that's another I think it's another good conversation too in terms of maybe not understanding or not even at least for me, I've never really even took the time to think about who may potentially quote-unquote idolize uh some of the things that we do and now, say people, on this podcast people do it i i've i've, def- I've definitely come across like a couple of people who like have been quote-unquote fans of the show and like really uh 
like I guess respect my opinion, but I I've never really sat Bro, with that. Come on, sir. So that's really interesting. The three of, the three of us sit here. Three of us have people who come to us on a daily basis for life advice. Facts. And I'm not talking Facts. about maybe you shouldn't do this. I'm talking about yo, I'm in a pickle and I really need your advice to push through Facts. this situation Facts. right now. And I know for a fact each of us have at least at the bare minimum ten to I was about to say I got I got twenty top. off rip. Like I know that. I mean, and and the I mean, I I won't I will not say that people definitely hit the DM often regarding the show or regard. You know what? Like over quarantine, I've had people approach me, and their approach has been way different. And again, like I I've just never sat with it, but it definitely was from an approach of I don't know if I'm I should even be hmm. DMing you type of situation, but I really respect what's going on on the show or the podcast or you as a person and the air is just i've I've never felt that air before i've always just felt like yo i'm part of the people so it doesn't and i'm not saying that we are some huge no, superstars case, so no. don't nobody I'm think right that we ego tripping but um but but i've definitely noticed like the way people approach even on even on some of my posts lately like people have been commenting in certain type of ways where i'm just not used to it so it's just a it's a thing that again i didn't sit with it and you bringing that up is like an interesting thing that maybe i'm gonna have to have to sit and think about i'm I'm always kind of thinking that way because i'm i've i've always not always but i always find myself in these i keep saying always i find myself in these particular situations where a lot of times People come, they want advice on business or they want life advice or whatever the situation mm-hmm. may be. But a lot of times we have to realize that people come to, they respect you. They, they, the perception we paint of ourselves, whether it be via social media or through interactions, is how people look at us. So when someone comes and and all of a sudden you're telling them, hey, I'm coming out about something that they whether or not they look at you as a person who's, you know, very intelligent, always buy the books, always cut straight, always this, always that. And now you're telling them about something that they're going to be like, really? He's what? And people take that to heart. You feel me? Like, that's a hard reality. And you got to look at the people you're surrounded by. You have people, you have people who fuck with you on the erotic scene you have people who fuck with you on the hardcore poetry scene that are conservative you have black brothers that you know who i'm talking about that are very conservative that fuck with you as well and then you have artists and you have different people in the business world that are like yo this is professional every time he comes around me this is the way i see him right you feel me so when when some of these people are hearing this thing about you know they're like distinguished right that's 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 how he moving now, now you're you're they're in conflict because the way they perceive you is not the way that you're presenting yourself anymore. Mm, okay. So there's gonna be people who are going to challenge that, bro. It's just a matter of you letting them know that. Don't get it twisted. I'm still who the fuck you thought I am. I'm just letting you a little bit deeper. I'm giving you a bit. I'm giving you. I'm bringing you into my personal right, life right, right. a little bit more. I think that's, that's a good way to, to uh, interpret it. I also would say that. If if they have any issues, that says more about them than it says about that is a fact that you too. said or done. That that means they have some inner work to do for themselves. 
So, uh, but yeah, uh, uh Deflo, you got a nah, man? I've just been trying to live my life, man. Doing what I got to do, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, shit, I had an all man. Oh, so the other day I was out, and I'm pretty sure my mom has put a curse mm. on my <clears throat> jeans because I was out. And I had told her about these jeans that I have. And she was like, she don't like them. When she sees me in them, she don't like them. I'm like, okay, whatever. So I'm out in public the other day, uh, chilling like a villain. And these pair of jeans decide they want to wow. split right in the motherfucking Jesus front. Jesus Christ. Just damn. All, all out there, like <laughs> dangling Wait, the, the whole to the universe, like just right there. Nah, I was I was able to to maneuver okay. it so that that wouldn't wouldn't be the case. But um, that was my old man. Yeah, big asshole. Luckily, I was like getting in my car, so it wasn't like I was walking around. But the funny part is, quarantine really has taken away all types That's of shame because I did not give two fucks <laughs> about this hole up. in my jeans. I gave I gave zero uh, fucks. Yeah. It was there. It is what it is. Like y'all gonna mm-hmm. y'all gonna hold this hole right quick. But yeah, that was my own man for the week. Yeah, I'm chilling, man. So, all right, so let's get into it. Um, let's start off with Tamar Braxton because we haven't really addressed this whole Tamar situation. Um, so as most of the listeners know by now, some of you may not. Tamar had attempted, well, had a suicide attempt and was taken to the hospital. Um, and she later revealed that some of her stress and some of her duress came from her situation with these reality TV shows. So, um, I kind of want us to talk about what it really means with these reality shows and like these health issues that are being exposed because obviously Tamar is not the first and unfortunately she Mm -hmm. may not be the last to deal with like some form of a crisis or mental illness direct directly correlated to the show that they're on. We see a lot of this love and hip hop and a, a lot of these perceptions of these people being painted. I kind of, mm-hmm. it kind of connects to what we were talking about earlier being painted a certain type of way that may not be in their mind, their reality or their truth of how they are. So I think with Tamar, they were portraying her to be, uh, I guess mm-hmm. like a nasty person and she was like in reality that's not me so trying to coincide those two perceptions and then obviously you have fans and people who have no idea who you are besides mm-hmm. what they watch on the television and they may come into your inbox call, cursing you out or calling you all types of names um what 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 are our thoughts on this reality tv I mean, situation it's not, and, and it's mental not on health? the agenda i don't believe but j cole definitely has a video that went viral the other day if i'm not mistaken he was doing an interview with i think angie martinez and he was talking about how we get so caught up in celebrities and even he himself got caught up in the kanye west thing a few weeks ago and he said he had to disconnect he was like yo i'm getting too caught up in this person's life it's stressing me out it's making me think about shit differently and i was just like i think mm. we all do that we all literally will look at these celebrities. Yeah. We don't say, yo, let's stop watching this shit really quick. No, we just keep watching that shit. And it mentally starts to fuck with us. And he said, we got to get out of yeah, that I shit. Think, I, think, I think a big part of it is that Americans love, 
love drama from oh, other people. It. We love watching other people's drama. And um, with Tamar in particular, and I was telling Tiff about this, I said, I think at first she was with the shits. But as as this thing was just clarified for us, people evolved. If you, you come to a realization in your life that you might have been going through drama in your life and going through these things and you have uh, a particular breakthrough where you realize that you don't want that anymore in your life and that's not the that's not mm. the persona that you want to be going by anymore and i think with tamar i think from jump street i don't think she was problematic i just think that we tv realized that people loved seeing the drama they loved the drama that mm-hmm. came from tamar it was sassy it was just what white america liked to see in black women because that's how they perceive black women there's the sassiness the drama mm. always chaotic all that and i don't think that's really the case i mean they're rich i mean how much drama they really 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 got but i'm not gonna say i wish people got their own drama so what i would say is that the perception that we tv painted of of tamar and that they realized the fans like to watch is what they ran with this is what they like to watch why break why break something that why, why fix something that if it's not broken like this is what people like to see we want to keep we want to keep editing these situations to make it always seem this way so that there's a, always an encoring, a revolving drama mm-hmm. happening. There's never no drama happening. Like, the, if you watch Braxton's Family Values, there's always drama. There's always somebody in some type of situation, somebody beefing about something, whatever. And I think with Tamar, she just probably got to a point where she's just like, yo, I'm in a good space right now. Like, I'm not going to come here to film to just be dramatic. And then... I think when she went on the the um, the reel, I think she went on there, and I think everybody just looked to her to cause drama. Even when she wanted to just be chilling, mm-hmm. it's like they would start, they would trigger her. It's like they're looking to trigger her. You feel me? Because they know she's going to mm. be problematic. And, or do they know that they could get her to be problematic? Let me not say they're going to know, but they could get her to be problematic. So, right. I think at this point now, I think with this latest situation, she told WeTV that, yo, before y'all air the shit, like, let me see it. Like, before y'all put on the previews, I forget what they call it. The, like, you know, the, the, the pre, I, I guess I could say previews. She told, she asked them to give her a copy of it or let her see it. And I guess they aired it without her seeing it. And it still was showing her being problematic. Mm. And I think that just kind of drove her. That just kind of drove her to a certain point. Because at this point, she's just like, yo, like, you can imagine if you're always a problematic person, how this works out. If you're trying to get another TV show, if you want to get like a movie or you're trying to sign certain deals and people are hesitant because they feel like you're going to bring drama or they don't want to. You're a risk factor. Just just to piggyback with what D-Flo was saying. This is the reality of the situation, y'all. Deep down inside, Tamar, like myself, and I hope so many other of you motherfuckers listening, you just get to a place where you're like, I know I was known for this. Like, I was known for just just doing poetry slams and just being a poet. Now I'm known for other things, like bars in the barbershop and Tea Time with Distinguished. And now, the most dangerous fucking podcast on the face of the planet, and soon to be on one of these moon colonies when Earth, you know, dies... That has some bow ties, okay? Um, we have uh, failed um, 
stories and we have success stories. But you know what? We keep fucking going. The key to life is to keep going. That's what I learned during my shroom ceremony. Shout out to the psychedelics. Um, yeah. I think I think that the the uh the valid point here is also America likes caricatures. They don't like real people. Cause real people are not one dimensional. Real people, like you said, have success stories. They're gonna be right in some spaces and they're gonna be wrong in other spaces. But for America, we we're so in tune with the, the Disney esque story of there's one villain and they're clearly bad and this is the good person and we like the good person and that good person can never do no wrong but life doesn't exist that way and each and every one of us we have had a moment in time where we've probably done the right thing and we've probably done the wrong thing i think what does matter is how many times you do the right thing versus doing the wrong thing and your intent in terms of did you know what you were doing was wrong and continue to do the wrong thing. Um, But I think that that's one thing. Like, America just loves these ideas of people just being one-dimensional. The other thing is, please, 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 moving forward, everybody in entertainment, everybody looking to go into entertainment, everybody who idolizes entertainment, one, understand that there are contracts in play doesn't necessarily mean your favorite show is scripted. Sometimes it does. But there are contracts in play. And so when you find yourself presented with one of these contracts that allows a show to take your likeness, try as much as you can to put provisions in there that allow you to have some sort of say in said storyline to make sure that you aren't portrayed as one thing and not another because... I can only imagine being portrayed as something that I'm not or or every time I have a conversation with people, my words are shifted to mean or, or to create this picture and narrative that clearly isn't me and not being able to fight against it because this is being projected nationally and I may have just a small social media platform to try and combat it. That is, shame, a fact. that is a fact. That's, yeah, that is a fact. A lot of people. And I think a lot of times, like I said, when when it's money involved, sometimes people just sign it. Oh yeah, five seasons, cool. I'm gonna just do whatever. Da, 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 da. And then you get three seasons in, and you realize, whoa, shit done change. You done came up on money. You done your lifestyle done change. Because imagine, imagine you're you're on the brink of going bankrupt, and someone comes and be like, yo, I'm gonna give you ten mil to to do these five seasons, and you know, you're going to get your bread and da, 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 I'm going to give you half now and I'm going to give you half when you complete the first two seasons or some shit like that. Two seasons go by, you five mil up, you done paid some bills, you done eat better, you, you working out now, got a new got house, a new house. You, ain't, you ain't broke no more, you good, money straight. Honestly, bro, like a lot of people be stressed out simply because their money ain't right. Like the... And new you get new endorsements. You got endorsements now that supplement whatever Facts. the fuck you was so making on that just, show. You good. Life is good. Like things are things are looking up. So I could only imagine now you you three years in through your third season, you chilling McMillan, you pull up on yo, what's good? You da, 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 and they're talking about You don't exactly. have any drama. <laughs> there's no drama, there's nothing for you to beef about. You just over there chilling like, oh yeah, yeah, y'all bitches want some more. <laughs> No, and then 
now the show just say no we we, we they, now they're plotting they want to create they want to create scenarios to do certain things because they want to trigger you or they want to put you in predicaments to fucking have you do some whack shit and now you're just like no i'm not doing that because that's not the type of wave i'm on anymore there's no reason for me to be on that wave anymore yeah i didn't have a kid i'm not Facts. fighting bitches in the street simple as that <laughs> you're not getting me to fight no girl in the street simple as that so i think people like i said people lives change man circumstances change things change but you're locked into that contract yeah. also all, i also said this last week <laughs> that we could go to the next topic but i honestly feel like something happened to tamar when she got divorced from vince vince was her fucking manager and her husband so something something went wrong mentally man I, I'm I'm not saying that I'm not saying they were supposed to stay together. Something or, drastic happened that we are oblivious to. I mean, I'm pretty sure, but I think also he just left her with a bunch of bad contracts that she can't back out on. She looped her into a Facts. lot of things. He looped her into a lot of things that she just can't walk away from anymore because they're 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 locked in. I if I was to speculate, and I don't want to speculate when it comes to like mental health too much, but. If I was to speculate, if there is some type of coincidence there, when he left, yes. it left her to read those contracts. And when she read those contracts, she realized how how much of a bad position she was in, in terms of the control over her narrative and her likeness. Because yes. that is what she's her brought likeness. to the forefront, is that she feels like she has no control over her life. Like, her life is dictated by the show Facts. now. The show tell her where to go who to see, what to eat, who she is, and trying to, like, again, try to put those two things together is not is not meshing because let's say it is one person on the show that triggers her, and they know that this, anytime she interacts with them, it triggers her, but she doesn't want to get triggered anymore because she's in a space where she don't want to fight nobody. She don't want to argue with nobody. She just wants to chill, but they written into the story that, nah, y'all two finna meet up for lunch. Next Tuesday. No, and it's gonna be pro- no, and it's gonna be you ain't got nothing to do. Son, that's what I'm talking about. They they know this. Yeah, no one is gonna be it, an bro, issue. But that's the point of the entertainment because they know they could promote the shit out of that fight, and it's gonna bring millions of viewers. Hence, making more money, and you're still not even making more money off of it. So it's one thing if you could be like, "All right, nigga, like you want to keep my shit the same way, but I want more bread then," because mm-hmm. yeah. Now, now you got to give me 10 Facts. mil an episode. If you really want me to get triggered like this and I got to go through all of that, it's 10 mil. And they're like, nah, this contract yeah, I mean, says... That was part of it too, though. You getting the same shit from... That was part from- of it because I was reading up on it and it said that they were making like 15, 20% of what the Kardashians made, but their viewership wasn't mm. that off. Like they didn't have that much mm. of a significant difference from the Kardashian in terms of their mm. views. So they were just like, exactly. so now we got racism. So they were just in like, there. yo, like we should be making what they're making, or at least close to right. it. You feel me? Like, and I could imagine how frustrating that is because at the end of the day, you want to be fucking up my image. You want to be doing all this drama and whatnot, but you're just like, well, the Kardashians do it, yeah, but you're also paying them quadruple what you're paying Facts. us because people do watch so the Braxton, they don't give a fuck uh uh show i i thoroughly was watching that shit i was watching that a lot actually i was like damn they got mad drama five sisters god damn yeah tiff be watching that joint they, they be 
I ain't gonna hold you. It's kind of entertaining. I mean, them reality, them reality shows is uh, yeah, very once you get looped addictive. In, you be addictive. Once you, you get your, looped nigga, in, you be on your 15th. They can be. A, a season of fucking The Real Housewives of whatever the fuck they going now. You just be locked in because the brand done built itself. <laughs> Facts. And that brings us to Yo, Love Boot Camp, the hip hop oh, edition, where they they dropped. Uh, they first they promoed. Uh, with Vado yoking up uh, Tahiri, which I thought was... I don't hear anybody talking about it, but the fact that they used that as promo, I guess they have to, but that, that was, was disgusting to me. I, I don't... Like, the, the, the whole... Like, the whole... The, the dropping it on Instagram and then being like, this isn't right by the doctor. I thought that was wild corny, and I thought that was like... That was like really, really whack. That's what y'all doing to make sure y'all get eyes on the show. That's me personally. I understand why they would. I guess they had to do it. It happened on the show. They have to promo the show with something that's going to catch people's attention. But domestic violence as your promo is kind of, I don't know, man. That's number one. That's just, that, it didn't sit well I'm, for me, bro. Me personally. That, what TV show, what TV channel is that on? I don't know. Damn, I forget which one I of these know. damn channels this shit is on. Sounds like a VH1 um, type of thing. It, it, I don't, it, it, I'm not I, too I sure. I want to say VH1, I, what I do know but is that I'm not sure. As I was watching the preview, I couldn't even watch the preview because, you know, I was talking to a young lady about this. <sighs> not going to say no names. <laughs> some people know the situation. Some people don't. I was at a meeting. And... This happened a few years ago. The meeting went left when one of the young ladies attempted to dismiss herself from the meeting table. One of the people at this meeting lunged after this woman. And then I lunged after him. And I got punched in the nose and my nose almost broke because he was on the verge of possibly causing severe damage to her if me and I think one other person jumped in. Mind you, there were men present at this meeting who just sat at the table and almost watched the whole thing go down and did absolutely nothing. Um, so when I was watching him do that, it just brought me back to that quick because I was like, you know, this is why and I know that, you know, she did something to obviously provoke him, but this is why and we said this numerous times on this podcast, going back to the Chris Styles interview, um, that episode that we were talking, um, talking about that situation. This is why women feel the way they do about black men. This, this, this is why, son. Like, I, like, this is why. And I mean, to add to the conversation, uh, Tahiri threw two apples at him beforehand at like she was pitching at a baseball diamond and I'm going to have to say it. I'll be the one to say it. That's that was not OK either. I looked at that and I was like, I didn't find I, I didn't find right. that behavior acceptable either. Like she threw it and then tried to clean it up later and said that when she did it, it was in a joking she manner. I'm like, there's no way that. you Get can joke throwing an apple. Apple is a heart. Yeah, and an apple is a hard. Bro, that shit is like a fucking ball. It's hard, and if you throw it, and you're throwing it full force in this man towards his head, I don't know if it hit him in the head or not, but you're throwing it full force at him, 
And I guess the response was latent, which it doesn't matter. But on both parties, it's wrong and it looks ridiculous. But I don't know, man. That I, At first, when I was while listening to the Joe Budden podcast and he was talking about, like, yo, this this uh, love boot camp thing is mad funny. I, I was somewhat interested in just taking a gander. But all of that shit just kind of threw me off. And I'm like, it just seemed very... Very much predatory in terms of the company uh, using that as like, oh, we got to get some views now. We type can look shit. at that, it, it. Just weird to always, me, bro. As always, I ain't really like yeah, We can always look at it. We can always look at it too from two different exactly. angles. Exactly. I mean, the reality is that network. Before they even get to the um to the show, they're looking at a group of people and they're saying. How can we put together a good storyline based on these people's lives? We need the good, the bad, and the ugly. On the other side of that, they're now saying, now what type of picture should we paint to generate these views? That is really the formula in a nutshell how most of these reality shows are working. I can't speak for all of them. I've only been on one of them. And that was on a YouTube level. And when I was on the show that I was on, I knew what I had to do. I signed my paperwork, I the contract, the whole nine yards. However, my show that I was on was not scripted. And when I say not scripted, I mean I was told before I went and actually did the episode officially like after I did the paperwork, they said, Malek, you're going to go in this room. It's a blind date. You don't know who this person is. Obviously, we already handpicked them for you. However, it is your date. Ask as much as, ask as much questions as you need. There is no script. I could have said any fucking thing. Does that mean they're going to premiere a D-Flow? No. Bro, there's mad shit I said on that show that I sent y'all. They edited mad shit, bro. I was wildin'. Y'all know I was wildin' on that show. <laughs> I was wildin' on that show. And, and that, yo, to be honest, bro, that's another piece of the conversation that we we not talking about. And I think D-Flo alluded to it a little bit. But, yo, what you put on these cameras... You oh, yeah. have to have the utmost are trust do justice by that you. these editors, producers, and directors are going to protect you fact. to some extent. That's just crazy to me, son, because it's like, especially with the reality shows where they're mm-hmm. filming for like eight hours of your life or they filming mm-hmm. damn near 24-7, you might slip up and say some wild shit. You might slip they, up and do something, scratch it. your ass, whatever, <laughs> and... And they That's got it. that footage. You have to really <laughs> trust that they're not going to do something. Either that you really got to do your contract to a point where you're just like, listen, you could film me, but you can't use nothing nothing derogatory. You can't use um, situations where I'm, you know, holding my genitalia or my private parts. Like, you really got to be super specific. But if you just be like, nah, you can film me for, for the next 10 hours. No holes barred. Just do what you do. And I'm gonna just live my life. Nah, 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 nah. Like that's that's a yay and a nay thing. Like you have to be really, 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 absolutely sure that you're going to be on your best behavior <laughs> for that ten hours, so that they don't capture nothing that you don't want them to capture, or else you're going mm-hmm. to be in a predicament where you're just like, yo, like why the fuck would you put that there? Like you could have put on mad other scenes. Why would you use Correct. that one? Because that was the best scene. For whatever purpose, that was the best scene for them. But at the same time, you can't be upset now because you gave them permission. You told them it was okay 
to film you for the next eight to ten hours and whatever they record they could decide what they want to use so you know it's a it's a good and a bad thing but i've i know for me personally if i'm on a tv show and you're capturing my life for a certain time frame I'm going to make sure I set my day up that nothing walkie-pataki happens in that time frame that you're going to be filming me. Because as much as, as, much could, as you can. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, what may feel like reality TV but is an actual thing is J. Cole apparently is looking to actually join an NBA team. And it's funny because a week ago, he put out a, a commercial, but it looked like it was more so in in lieu of the album that he's working on. But it's it it had him on a basketball court, and it shows him shooting from all different angles of the basketball court. And then it's a close up of him looking at the camera, panting mad hard. And there's a narrator who's like, "Is he really about to do it? Is he going to do the impossible? Um, is he going to do something others will consider crazy?" And I just thought it was about the, again, I thought it was about the album and he was using the references. Uh, people know him as a good basketball player too. But then reports came out that Master P said J. Cole reached out to him and said like, yo, how did you join the NBA as a successful rapper? And it looks like he is dead ass shout about out, trying to shout join the NBA roster. For going to the GOAT, because I was going to say, let's not forget that Master P, if I'm not mistaken, D-Flow, you could correct me. Master P definitely played for the Indiana, um, well, what's the name of that basketball Pacers? team? Yeah, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But I think I was doing. He definitely was on the NBA well, team I don't think that, for like two years. I don't think I was doing his rap career. I think that's when he left college. No, that was that was before he became Master P. He was just Percy Miller when he was yeah. in the NBA. He was only in the NBA for like two years. Yeah, he left NBA to go to do Yeah, rap. he left the NBA because I think he, he said some shit about, he said the bag wasn't enough. And I think he was correct. <laughs> he said, the well, well, remember, at his time, the bag was different. It ain't the bag that these niggas is getting today. So he 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 he, he made the right decision. And at least for J. Cole, we all he know played J. He played for uh, Charlotte okay. and Toronto between 1998 and 1999. I was way off. All right, cool. So he already was um, a rapper so, then. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's why J. Cole went to him. Right, so, you know, I don't think it's crazy based on how X described the, the, the video that he put out, I guess him playing ball. Because at the end of the day, for real J. Cole friends, all the mixtapes, you know, the Young Simbas, you know, when J. Cole put out Friday Night Lights, you know, when J. Cole put out, you know, uh, the Sideline Story, you know, his, his first album, critically acclaimed, you know. This is a nigga that loved basketball. The nigga got mad fucking photos with a basketball in his hand. If I'm not mistaken, mad photos. So uh, he's nice. He to, this ain't a surprise. Nah, J. Cole, um, J. Cole for for St. John's, right? I think he was he was a part of. Correct. He he he, he could have played for St. John's, and he gave it up to mm. to rap. Right, and it worked out for him, and it worked out. So listen, Jermaine Cole, Jermaine Cole, J. Cole, <laughs> Cole World, nigga. If you want to play basketball. Nigga, go get that other bag. Go get the. I mean, other I'm bag. with it. The only, my only thing is he's 35 now. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, we're gonna give him five years. And we're gonna give him five. Years. <laughs> not, not even. If if he could make it on a team, I'll that'll I'll be super him. dope. He can't. I I, I won't see him lasting more than two years. But um, 
I, I would be excited to see it, to be honest. I'd be very happy. I think happy. that's dope. I'd be very Listen, happy to see J. Cole. If, uh, if he's yeah. able to play at a level which a team would, would pick him up, the fact that I he think has the dope. freedom Because he do has it, the height. He got the height. It's fucking amazing. The fact that he has the freedom. Yeah, he has the, the ability has to the, do it. The, I think the he definitely. The ability and the freedom, bro. There's no contracts that's binding him in. There's no, there's nothing that's stopping him from saying, I'm going to take a break from rap. And I'm going to go play ball for a little bit because that's my passion. Kudos to you, Jay. And yep. Kudos to you. And, and technically, he's, his, he's, he's signed under uh, the Rock, Rock, Rock Nation management, correct? I don't think he's under that anymore. I think he ended up leaving. He went over to Warner or Interscope. I think it was Interscope. But does he have, but, but does he have an independent situation? Yeah, like he, he has... Just- um, what's the name of his record label? Um... Dreamville. Uh, Dreamville. 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 Dreamville Dreamville Interscope It's Dreamville Interscope okay, I don't so know if he's still man. Like I don't know if him Individually still manage Because remember J. Cole wasn't necessarily Managed by Rodney He was actually signed To Rockefeller Yeah he was signed as an artist so Right Yeah I, right Rockefeller yeah, So correct, I think correct. he left When that deal was finished He left And his last album or two Was underneath Dreamville Interscope If I'm not mistaken Okay Um, okay. I'm looking it up now To see Well I hope that um, if and when, because we're going to see positivity into our brother J. Cole, if and when J. Cole, you know, does it, J. Cole is going to, I know, for one, I feel like he's going to re-inspire a few of the niggas who thought at the age 35 you was washed up. That's number one. He's going to inspire those niggas. Number two, he, I don't think he's going to be portrayed as a poster child person, as somebody who was a rapper, well, ball player, then took the rap deal. Then years later, after he was established, came back to his passion. At the end of the day, his testimony is going to end up being if he does, in fact, make it to the NBA, which we're praying that he does. Once he makes it to the NBA, he's going to be like, yo, but I always wanted to play ball. This was always my number one passion. Rap was a way for me to express what the fuck I was going through. It just so happened that the shit worked out and Jay-Z so happened to like my shit. Fronting on me a few times, but nigga signed me. And here I am. The rest is history. However, just because I started and just because I was, you know, historic in, in, in music doesn't mean that I can't leave a, also leave a legacy in, in, in the NBA in basketball. So shout out to Drake. Shout out to that man, man. At the end of the day, the Knicks need all the help yeah. they can get. Oh, shit. Uh, in terms of, of bringing in customers. And if J. Cole was to join a Knicks roster, the garden would be full again. I can whenever, see when sure. I was about well, to say, when whenever open the garden up. opens back up, <laughs> when that opens back up, I don't right. know about y'all, but I'm not really feeling that those games without a crowd. I don't know. It's not the same type of vibe for me. It feels like. Mm. I mean, I. It feels like preseason. I'm, I'm watching it, uh, but I ha- I mean, I have it. A, I normally watch background. I mean, basketball is background noise anyway. So, um, it's been interesting. I like to see the competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like it's more competitive for sure. I think people have more to prove, there, or at least they look like they have more to prove on the court. Um, so in that capacity, I kind of I, I bangs with it. But yeah, without the the crowd, it's a little different. It's not as uh, yeah, it's epic. Not it's not as epic looking. Yeah, it, it's not as entertaining to me personally. But um, hey, man. At least they're back up playing. Cats is, you know, for the avid NBA fans, they're watching the game again. And for that man, J. Cole, yeah. man, 
Hey, you're 35, and you still got the athletic ability to really get out there and do what you got to do. Kudos to you, man. I'm pretty sure your fans are going to support you either way you do it. Ain't Vince Baseball Carter? Can't, ain't Vince Carter in his 40s right now? Yeah, but starting in your 30s versus playing through it's to different. 40s, and I think he's retiring this yeah, year. They, oh, okay. Their he's body are conditioned. You feel me? Like their body are conditioned. Like you, I would, like like I always say, go back to the Jordan documentary. Like he talks about the conditioning he had to go through. Just you know, taking 18 months off playing baseball that like, was still a physically active sport. And then coming back to play basketball, how much of a difference he had to really put his body through to get his body into basketball shape. So that's why these niggas look like Jabba the Hutt, like six months out facts, of retirement. Facts. <laughs> like these niggas retire, gain 300 pounds, can't walk. It's like, what the fuck that's happened cool. to y'all? Son? Jordan still got it, though. Yo, when Shaq, Shaq, when Shaq retired, it, it took about a year. The nigga looked like he couldn't jump no more. Nigga, look, it's just crazy how the body's conditioning can change so rapidly you if you don't work out. maintain it. You're not constantly burning at a level of sweat every day, and then all of a sudden you're chilling, you ain't on a diet no more. Niggas eating nachos every day. <laughs> whatever, whatever they, they want, care, they don't care. Son. I could understand it. If I, if I couldn't eat the way I wanted to for 15 years, and then it's like, yo, I have no reason not to eat. I'm about to, I'm finna go to every restaurant I need to and just order. Yo, I haven't had a double deluxe cheeseburger in three, 13 years. Let me get one of those. Facts. All right. Uh, 6 9 is off house arrest and shot a video in Brooklyn. Ladies and gentlemen, the question of the day, is this man safe outside yeah, or not? I don't we're gonna, know. We're going to breeze through this shit. Let's just yay and nay in this one, bro. Um. <laughs> Nay, I don't. I don't think he's safe in Brooklyn. To be honest, he shot a he shot a, he shot a video outside and nothing happened to him, which means the video now is is in post production, which means he already did it. All right, so I I guess he's okay. I guess he shot he shut down whatever block. He has mad security, so he's been on live talking about people clowning him for having mad security, but. Your favorite rapper has three bullet holes in their face or whatever. Mm. I don't know what that was in reference Damn, to. Some people are like. Problem. Is this nigga talking about pop smoke? Oh, I, like, oh, so oh, I don't listen, man. Damn. I get the cocky persona is part of is part of the His the brand. image, yeah. but that shit is really gonna get him in trouble because I feel like, especially if he's trying to be in New York and bugging the fuck out with that. But if he's trying to be in New York, you gonna have some young hungry little nigga who just want. Who will be okay going to jail being the one that killed 6ix9ine? Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately. That's just keeping it. That a is. We worried about, Facts you know, we worried, we worried about 6ix9ine and Breonna Taylor's killers are still, you know, I don't Still know. alive. Facts. Still alive. I don't fucking know, man. The other thing now is Kanye West and Kim. We spoke about them a little bit earlier, uh-huh. but the media has been sensationalizing Kim crying in cars. Uh, and then now the media is sensationalizing the fact that Kanye and Kim are going on a private vacation to try and fix up their marriage. For me, I'm sitting here and I'm reading this shit and I'm like, they're doing what married I, people are I, supposed I, to I, fucking I, do. I, low key, <laughs> like, I sat, as you said it, I was just like, people are really silly, bro. Like, so what? You <laughs> want our marriage to end? Like, that's what y'all want? Oh, Kim. So, 
as much as y'all like the fact that Kim Kardashian and Kanye West are together, they are also annoyed at the fact that they're going through strife and not getting a <laughs> divorce. Like they're not because they're trying to fix it. That's a problem. Like I don't, I don't get, I don't get it. Shit don't make no sense, bro. I'm like, yo, why are y'all sensationalizing? Oh, Kim and Kanye are going on a private vacation to patch up their marriage as they motherfucking should. <laughs> like there's clearly issues in the marriage. Part of it is, is, is his mental health currently. But if he has the wherewithal and she has the compassion, because it takes both of them. This is one area where I truly respect Kim because she could have definitely got a divorce from this nigga and it might have made her brand even bigger. She could have did it at this particular time because he's on some bozo time. But for her to be like, yo, you embarrassed the shit out of me, the family and the kids. But we about to go on this trip and we about to find out whatever it is that brought us together in the first place. I respect that. I respect that. Like, I don't understand why that's the story. I'm all, you know, you guys see my post about marriage, which, by the way, um, you know, just to talk about, put it in perspective, well, context with uh, Kanye and Kim. Last week, I put up a, a post about divorce on my Instagram. And the week before that, I put up a post about being married. And I noticed that that shit went viral, 525 hearts. But the shit I put up last week about getting divorced, 35 um, hearts and a lot of women commenting under it with like sad faces and crying eyes and then some of them even inboxing me like yo like this one really hurts so then it just made me think like why is it that i feel like in you know d flow is the senior person here in terms of marriage so i I definitely would like his take on it after i'm finished why is it that flow we glamorize and hype up the anticipation and the expectation when you get married, but nobody wants to have the real conversations of when shit just ain't fucking working. Like when you got a question, why the fuck you even got married in the first place? Then you got people from all different, you know, walks of life and different areas, you know, your family, your friends. I've been doing a lot of research, y'all. And a lot of the things that's been coming up in my research is that incompatibility is one of the number one factors that cause people to um cause people to have uh a bad marriage yeah why is it that we don't talk more about the bad shit it's like we always overcompensate with the good shit like no we gotta talk about the bad shit why are we so because people people don't like people as much as they love negativity people don't like accepting their own negativity and people don't like accepting their own flaws so a big part about me with marriage bro like i i mean i'm married and i look at it like this like nothing is never sweet bro like nothing is always sweet you're gonna go through rough patches you argue sometimes you gotta rethink re-strategize replan sometimes you gotta ask the hard questions that you know you don't want to ask but it has to be asked Mm -hmm. Because at the same time, when you're at a point in your marriage where you see things moving a certain way or you notice your partner is at a point where they don't really want to fuck with you no more, they're at a point where they're, 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 not, they're not liking your actions, sometimes you got to ask, like, yo, like, what is your perception of me? Like, wh- how do you view me? You feel me? Because a lot of times... And that's a tough question to ask that your is partner. That is a very she might, hard question. She, 
yo, she or he flow will say some wild shit. Bro, You'll be you like, know, damn, that's how you, you really know feel wild about, about it, bro. Um, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine and another yeah. married person, and he told me something that blew my mind, but I had to sit about it and think about it myself. He said, yo, mm-hmm. you know, I he found out something that he's like, yo, I always thought my marriage was good. And then he realized that his, his wife would talk to her friend, her best friend, and talk mad shit about him. And he was just like, but that's not how she treats me. You feel me? Like, that's not how she is when mm. she's around me. But yet, mm. when she talks to her friend, she'd be like, look at this clown ass nigga. Look at this silly dude right here. Like, oh, some silly shit, shit like that. <laughs> oh, and he was just like, yo, like, and that shit kind of caught me off guard because I'm just like, I wonder, I wonder if this is something that I might go, that, that I'm going through, or this is, or this is something that. So mm. I had like out of just conversation, I was just talking to them. I'm just like, yo, like, how do you view me as a person? Like deep down inside, not not how you deal with me on an everyday basis, but how do you treat me behind my back? Because that's another. It's like I look at it like this, because for me personally, if I was to find out that behind my wife, behind my back, my wife discusses me. Or is disgust. She 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 has a level of animosity towards me, and it's being mm-hmm. done so behind my back. That would have hurt me way more than even if she was cheating on me. Like that would break. Really? Yeah, by far. Because oh, wow. then, oh wow. Because then, I'm not secure. I it it breaks my security of how I interact with you. You feel me? So. That that secure feeling of feeling like I could trust you, that secure feeling of feeling like when I deal with you, I could be myself, that gets broken mm-hmm. because that's not really what you want from me. So how do we fix that? That would really, like, that would borderline damage my relationship, to be honest with you, because that is so important mm-hmm. how a person deals with you. It's like having a best friend and then realizing that person don't fuck with you. You feel me? That, exactly like yeah. that's a heartbreaking yeah. situation like you could have fucked a whole nother nigga and i've been like damn what do i gotta do to fix this yeah, exactly it's like this is my friend like what do i gotta do do i gotta get a dick game up the stamina is going like what do i gotta do to improve this because that's a sexual thing but right. when it comes to whether or not you could tolerate me that's that's a whole different cut of a slice of bread that i'm I would be really shaken up. Like that's the type of shit that I would be like. So why are we together? That's the type right. of thing. And I'm all for. I'm all for marriage. I'm. A, I mean, let me get. Let me make that clear. Yeah. You know, a lot of people have been asking me what's my you know marriage status. They've been seeing me post a lot of shit about marriage. I'm making a big ass announcement on Friday. Y'all motherfuckers got four more days. Y'all can wait it out. But the fellas on the show, they know what the vibes is. Anyway, um, I personally think. And again, I'm all for marriage. I really think Kanye West and Kim need to figure out I don't, if this is really I don't what they want. What I don't think this is what Kanye West but, wants anymore. I'm being honest. I don't, I don't think this is what he wants. I don't think that's what Kim wants. Just based off of... Because Kim isn't the one that drastically changed. Kanye's the one that's drastically changed. I don't think she wants this anymore because just based off of some of right. the, the little things they've thrown out there, 
where I think there, there was a time where she wanted to wear a dress and he was like, I don't want my wife wearing a dress like that and stuff like that. I think she's looking at him like, yeah, I remember that. You, yeah, You knew my whole shit before you even got with me. And that's what you were fiending for. You went through this epiphany and revelation and now you're closer to God uh, in, in your stance and in your mind. And so that's cool for you, but don't try and change me because maybe I'll get there. Maybe I won't. But if it if I do get there, it has to be my decision and my reasoning and want. So I think she's really trying. And just like, you know, we kind of spoke about this a little bit earlier. Just like the rest of the fans, it's like, what happened to old Kanye? I think part of her is still holding on to maybe he will return to some form of who he was when they first got together. Shit, I want that nigga to come back too, but it's clear as day that that nigga's not coming back no time soon. So what we need to understand in relationships and in friendships and building bonds in situations with people, yo, people fucking change. Love evolves. Love does Some evolve. shit does die. Some shit does die and some shit does not grow back. Nothing. In the words of X, in the words of X, A fucking B, the goat, the God, my brother. You know, growth is a necessary part of change, but not all change is growth. That is a fact. And I I will say this, bro. I, we, we're we at a point in our lives where, and I said it earlier with, with Tamar too, and I think everybody, as you get older and more mature in your, in your life, in your relationship, people change, but I, I think as you get older, you start to realize who you really are. And I think a lot of times as you get older and you realize who you really are, you start to realize that certain things you were cool with at 25, you're not cool with no more at 35. Or you're not cool with or or simp- like it's the simple things that you might have been like, ah, oh, that doesn't bother me. Now it bothers you because things about your life has changed. You feel I me? Mean? Like circumstances have changed. You, you, you realize that maybe when you were 25, you would have been like, yeah, my house could be dirty. I don't care. Like you, twenty five, you live in life. Clothes could be there. Whatever. Yep. And at thirty, throw your clothes on the floor. Yeah, who cares? It don't and at thirty five, you start to realize that when you walk into your living room, you want your living room clean because the clean makes it feels makes you feel. Or calm. you about to have guests? Are you about to have guests? And now niggas, niggas, niggas want to come over your crib now. Now your crib is the it spot, and it's never clean. So now you got to spend. Four hours straight trying to tidy shit up before niggas before come niggas over. Before niggas come over. And when you, you start to realize, you know what? I could just keep this shit clean. <laughs> and I don't have to worry about doing yeah, this shit I'm, and breaking my back. I've Honestly, bro, I've, I'm at the point now where at, when I was younger, I didn't really used to care. Like, i am always been like a, a somewhat clean person, but in terms of how I deal with my house... But I didn't stress picking up everything every minute. Like, I wasn't a germaphobe or none of that type of shit. But honestly, nowadays, bro, I like to come downstairs, son, and see my living room spotless. Something about that feeling for me, it just makes me not feel anxious. Like, I come downstairs, it's clean, it makes me feel relaxed. So now every mm-hmm. night before I go to sleep, I got a Swiffer. Part of it, too, is because of the children, but... It's also a me thing too. Like now, I just like that feeling. I like. I don't want to see the cushions rample. I don't. Maybe it's a little bit of OCD type shit. I don't even really want to say that because that's a that's a whole different thing. But there's certain mm. things now that I'm older that didn't used to bother me five six years ago. That now right. I'm just like no. Like I gotta come downstairs. It has to be clean. 
it just makes me feel relaxed. Like I come now, I could take a deep Bro, breath and just relax. I, I'll give y'all a, a real example. I'll give y'all, <clears throat> I'll give y'all an example, like dealing with like, like women that I've dated before, where there was there was a girl that I dated, and I guess when I met her, I presented myself as accepting certain things from her that when I I guess matured amongst the years, the two, three years that we were kind of off and on that now when those things were presented to me and I wasn't with the shits, it made them like go for a fucking loop. It made them go crazy in the sense of like, yo, how, how is it that this dude is not accepting my, me cursing them out the same way? Mm. How is it that this dude is not going to allow me to do whatever I want and then it'll be acceptable to him. Like, like, or he'll just forgive it. And it's like, nah, I'm not taking that, you know, years later. I'm sorry. It's not going to be something that I'm cool with because I've grown as a person. I've matured as a person. And the person that I want to be in the trajectory that I see myself on does not accept those things. And and they will not accept those things. And that's just the reality of it. That's a fact. I mean, I, I've went through that phase already. So I think a big part of that too is just blatantly seeing it. I'm not with that shit no more. Like, That's it. I'm not I'm not into it and I I want different things. I want to do this, I want to do that. Conversations like that has to happen, especially in a marriage. And I think those getting away phases is how you discuss it. Like you have it has to be something where you can sit down and have a mature conversation with no distractions. Amen. And and really get down to the to the nitty-gritty because a lot of people will just go through it and then expect it to change and it won't change by itself you got to make the change happen so what has been a distraction apparently is black is king which dropped on friday most people are critically acclaiming it saying it is an amazing piece of work however as with everything there's been a silo of individuals who have criticized beyonce namely no name um, who was a rapper activist that originally, well, not originally, but a couple of weeks ago criticized J. Cole. I didn't even know um, she was a rapper. Of, yeah, she was originally a rapper and she started to do more activist things Okay. Um, more recently. So she criticized J. Cole and a, a bunch of other rappers originally. Then J. Cole and her got into that back and forth. And then now she's criticizing Beyonce saying that Beyonce is portraying Africa from a capitalist lens, meaning that she's only focused on the richness of Africa and is not paying attention to or bringing light to the poor parts of Africa and the poor people of Africa and the poorness that uh, it, that, co- that that continent is ravaged with in certain areas. And again, for me, I mean... So there's there's certain people from Africa, the continent, who there's a very small group from what I I went on Twitter and I was just reading different responses because I was like, I can't I cannot believe people are on this type of fucking time Mm. in 2020 Mm. It's really it's it's really, really fucking weird to me. And I'm going to get to that in a second. But um, I was reading and a lot of people from the continent of Africa said, no, we actually like this and it celebrates in the appropriate Way and the fact that she went to different parts of Africa and used different parts of African culture really helped elevate us. Now, 
the the argument regarding like not recognizing the poorest parts of Africa. Let's let's bring a couple of things to the table because this is where niggas is getting too woke and niggas starting to need some sleep. Oh, Everybody's shit. trying to nuance. Niggas is trying to nuance everything to try and sound like the greatest thinking mind and think peace on black culture. And some of y'all just end up going into a fucking brick wall looking dumb as shit. So why wouldn't a movie like that be focused on the the poverty in Africa? Well, three reasons. One, it's a, supposed to be a continuation or a re-envisioning of The Lion King. That's one. Two, it's on fucking Disney Plus, and it's not a documentary on the countries of Africa. It is it is a visualization. So how do you visualize it? You're you're obviously going to bring the the utmost beautiful aspects to you to the forefront. And that may be from her eye, which is I guess where some of the criticism is, is oh well you're saying that only the beautiful parts of Africa matter. No, I don't I didn't get that at all from the little things that I have seen. The, the third piece is we're tired of of seeing Africa portrayed as this continent, this dirt Yo, poor continent. That's the third part. That's I the want, fucking biggest part. I don't want to say that, bro. Like, <laughs> that's bro, the part. Like, niggas don't, how, how they are don't live in huts, about bro. This shit? Like they, yo, you have to be a <laughs> silly billy, bro. Like you're, first of all, the fucking shit is called Black <laughs> is King. Whatever... Whatever the fuck you say, I don't know what the fuck you thought was going to happen when the shit called Black is it's King. It's Black is King, right. It's royalty. It's meant to be luxurious. That's it. And at the fucking end of the day, why wouldn't the fuck you want to show Africa in that sense? What you, every Bro, time you we wanna, show black people we got to be struggling, fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> niggas is doing good over there too. Like, what the fuck is we talking about? This shit is not a documentary of the continent of Africa. It is a it is a visual art piece with in which she took people from Africa, culture from Africa, garments and fashion from Africa, and highlighted it on a platform that only she she can as Beyonce. Thanks. So now you may have more people, particularly white folks who are, are subscribed to Disney Plus. Now have another view of Africa and be like, we never seen this before. You know what's all we know is the fucking commercials that come on at three a.m. with with the with the children with the pot belly. I was about to say that that is eating corn. I was gonna, like, what the fuck? I was literally about to say that. I said maybe it's because they're so used to every time these white people portray Africa, it's piss poor. However, Africa is a large continent. With over 30 fucking countries. Y'all are stupid to think. And I don't care how you take it. That that continent don't have black wealth. At the end of the day. It's fucking ideal. Mm -hmm. That someone at the pinnacle of entertainment. In black entertainment. Go to Africa. And show Africa off. The way she fucking did. I mm-hmm. expected nothing fucking less. <clears throat> and if mm-hmm. she did, I would have been highly upset. I would have been like, of all the beautiful places you could have went to, you're going to choose to go there or you're going to choose to go there. No, show off the beauty. Let people realize that they got to stop talking shit about Africa. At the end of the day, there's and so many beautiful cities, metropolitan cities. And culturally, where we're at as a people is we need 
that uplifting. And and again, th- we're we're talking as Americans <laughs> or, or as people who live in America currently. We don't live in Africa, so we don't have that voice, understandably. But and then I saw someone say like, "Oh well, some Africans came." from the continent and some came from the or and some people came some not african some black people came from the continent and some black people came from the caribbean motherfucker like what are y'all niggas We're talking about african, the niggas bro. in the caribbean it's came african, from bro. africa what the fuck is we talking <laughs> Yo, about? they're the first bridge of it some of these niggas are directly from africa like these cats is straight off bro the I don't understand the mindset of people. Like, stop trying to be wokey woke, y'all. Y'all, like, I understand it. We want to take care of blackness to the utmost degree, but we're eating ourselves when we we try to tear down. It's not like Beyonce said some wild uh, statement or did some wild thing about Africa and she had to be corrected. The woman is literally uplifting blackness. And, and portraying the continent of Africa in a way that it has not been portrayed in mainstream media in God knows how long and, without a slave ship coming from it or some shit like that. Facts. And niggas want to try and find a way to demean it and, and bring her down talking about, oh, it, it just portrays capitalism uh, the, the, through a capitalist lens. And it's like, what? no, just because she's talking about wealth doesn't necessarily mean she's downplaying the 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 poverty. There's poverty everywhere. Every- so of course you can make a story about it. I'm I'm kind of confused too because I'm just like by you saying that you're also you're also diminishing the fact that Beyonce probably one uplifted tourism, two probably boosted sales in mad different areas and aspects within the African culture. You know the fashion garment exactly. is off the chain now. About, it's about to be on high demand. So by her not by her doing this, you've ultimately boosted their economy. And you've helped different countries' economy. She's helped so many black businesses by doing this. And this is the this is the reverse. It's like people people talk shit but I'm just like why wouldn't she like I said why wouldn't she have done that this ultimately helps them like if it was a documentary that she was doing okay cool valid point but again to me and obviously uh her it's all about intent what was her intent if her intent was to be a documentary then absolutely everybody has a valid point she needs to highlight all the aspects going on on the continent of Africa however if if her intent, which obviously it was, is to one, do a re-envisioning of the Lion King, and two, to bring a, a visualization of Africa in a in a way again that that highlights its ability to look wealthy. I don't even know if she was highlighting Africa's wealth more than the idea that listen, Africa isn't just this this place that everyone considers everyone running around in huts or or running around killing each other or whatever have you that mainstream media is always portraying from Africa. I I don't remember the last time I seen Africa on TV where they were highlighting an accomplishment or highlighting uh it in a wealthy state. It's always when terrorists do something over in Africa. It's always when girls go missing. It's always when uh uh, uh diamonds are Sierra Leone like it's always in some type of negative light. So to see it in in a way where it's like, nah, all of that is a dub. We just focused on the positivity. 
we got to poke holes in that too. Listen, man, Black is Skin was beautiful. I enjoyed it. It was a fan fucking tastic um, experience to watch. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think they did a wonderful job. I love seeing black people do beautiful things. It was it was a lot of positivity on it. You know, people could feel how they want to feel. But at the end of the day, shout outs to Beyonce. You know, she's she's a goat for doing that. Yeah. Another goat. Can someone please tell me what the fuck is going on with this Ellen? <laughs> Shit. I'm slightly confused, um, bro. From what I heard today, one of the VPs stepped down last week, according to the Breakfast Club. Um, some some shit is going on. Um, one of the... Uh, he used to be a PA on the show, and I think now he's one of the main people who writes like the sketches and the scripts for the show. Um, I forgot his name Angela Yee was giving it on the rumor report and she basically was saying that this gentleman was being accused from ex-employees on the Ellen DeGeneres show for possibly being sexually inappropriate at meetings um, staff parties um, and allegedly groping the genitalia of certain co-workers um, in front of the midst mm. of others and long story short um, he, he put out a statement um, and he basically said that, you know, he strived to do his job with the utmost of respect and integrity and professionalism. Um, he's disappointed and unfortunate that some people like kind of felt the way they did in his presence. He didn't mean any harm by it, but, um, he's been doing everything he can to, I guess, remedy and rectify certain situations. I think at the end of the day, man, with all of these shows, like all of <clears throat> these popularized shows that we have come to love and come to hold in a high regard. You know that saying, fellas, when it's too good to be true, sometimes it is. Yeah, I I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know what's I, going on. Ellen, Ellen's talking about ending the show, apparently. So at least some reports and people have started up with who to replace Ellen. Um, apparently, she's thinking about stepping down because people are kind of connecting it to her in the sense of, well, you had to have known some of these things that are being reported as going on on the Ellen show. Um, I don't know. We got to see, I guess, with the details. But it just seems like everything is kind of like, it's definitely a revolution happening. It's definitely a revolution. A yeah, 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 yeah. Um, People got time on their hands. Yeah, COVID. People just like, I got time. Yeah, COVID. Hey. Time today. Time today. Yeah. I got time today. COVID <laughs> and quarantine will bring out the best and the worst. And according to, you know, people who are studying, you know, what's happening in, in the hurricane world, uh, we're in for some shit happening. Um, we're, not, we're not coming out of this unscathed. Something's definitely going to happen. So uh, y'all stay tuned. We will do our best to document uh, all of the news as we get it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, speaking of best and worst, so Joe Budden uh, and Logic are at it again. Logic I don't think Joe Budden likes Logic. On. I don't. I don't think he likes him. Joe Joe Budden don't have a problem with Logic. Joe Budden just says shit, and people take it. And Joe, people who don't know Joe Budden from his podcast and don't know Joe Budden after 2017 still have the perception of Joe Budden as a a pill popping, uh, hot headed crazy person which is something that he's gonna have to that's that's something he has to deal with he was that person at one point in time but um 
basically the whole situation started from Joe saying that he thinks that Logic is one of the worst rappers of all time. Oh shit. <laughs> and, Damn. And on a technical level, Logic is probably a one and I won't say one of the best, but he's a very good rapper. Um nah, on he, a technical he, level. He, 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 he can rap his ass quick. off. He can rap his ass off. Yeah. What Joe is alluding to partly is some of the the content, which I, I can agree with, Logic's content is not compelling to me. He can definitely rap, but his content... I used to try and beat... Like, when Logic first came out, I jumped right on it because, for whatever reason, I was like, yo, he looks like he's about to be one of the littest. And I tried to get into his content, and I was just like, it, it, it ain't it for me. However, Joe's other point is he feels like Logic kind of only plays his black card when it's convenient other than that he's white passing so he definitely markets his music to a white audience and he definitely i mean you love who you love but he he married white he kind of seems to be more uh i guess catering to white culture than black culture and it only seems to come up his black culture only seems to come up when he's defend when he has to defend himself in being in the space of black culture aka using the word nigga uh that when that was brought up he you know oh well i'm black so you know whatever but i guess when it comes to like real black issues and and uh being in the black entertainment realm he doesn't really put himself there so joe kind of looks at him like yo you only you only digging black and only calling black when it when it benefits you. But on the other hand of things, you you're not really about this hip hop culture. You're just kind of appropriating it in a sense. The only thing about that, I think there's some points to be made there. The only thing about that though is uh, logic is half black, so you can't appropriate what you are, um, and you can't really control how you pass or not, whether you're white passing or not. You do have to acknowledge that your ability to white pass may open doors that someone who is of darker hue wouldn't be able to get through. Um, and with that, kind of keep that in mind. But some of the some of the criticisms from Joe are, are unfair or not articulated well, in my opinion. And then other criticisms, I think, are a good discussion to potentially have. But in lieu of him saying what he said, Logic said that it kind of added to his depression so i don't know how y'all feel about it i mean i'm not really very well versed in none of logic's music um to be honest and i don't really um i don't really subscribe to you know um people when they say i'm half this or i'm half that either you're gonna say you're biracial or you're gonna say well i'm white or i'm black that half shit nah nigga nigga either you uh are this way or you're not j cole isn't j cole half white and half black if i'm not mistaken uh i can't remember yeah, right, mom, but i do mom, believe no, his that he white. might be biracial his, his mom, mom is white correct yeah, okay all right yeah. okay. so i was gonna say that but i wasn't sure so logic in my opinion needs to fucking talk to j talk cole to drake J. Like, cole spoke to master p about some Drake. shit talk like, to fuck oh to yeah Brown, oh like, i forgot about drake talk to 
Yeah, like these dudes. Oh my god, Drake is probably the best on. person to, to kind of look at it too, because Drake is Drake is half white, half black, right? But yet Drake has never Drake has always said, "Yeah, my mom, da 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 da." But he identifies as a black, black man. man. He like, identifies as black man. Yeah, that's what he says. And and the, and the biggest difference between between them is, even though Drake can cater to all cultures, he makes sure to to represent his black culture. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. You know, people may may not say he's always he's the most vocal when it comes to social activism, but I think that's two different things. And sometimes you may not be the best activist, but Drake never tries to deny, at least have, from what I've seen, he's never denied his blackness or never kind of put it on the on the back burner. I'm not saying that Logic does that either, but what I am saying is at least whenever I see Logic. Is definitely, I have not seen Logic in a black space. And that just could just be my ignorance to Logic and his career. And I have to maybe do some more research. But every time I see Logic, I mean, he called himself the Rat Pack. That's based off of uh, Frank Sinatra. That's obviously marketing not to black people. Most black people aren't really into Frank Sinatra like that. Right. Um, you're, you're more catering to... Uh, I would even say more of an Italian audience if you get a niche uh, with Frank Sinatra, but because I think a lot of the the and this sound this may sound like I'm generalizing, but I'm not. But uh, historically, I think that people oftentimes use Frank Sinatra's music when portraying mob bosses and the mob and all of that. So, um, yeah, you're you're. You're not catering to a black audience. You're not marketing to a black audience. And that's fine. That's that's your business model. You know what your music is going to hit. You know what your music is going to go for. Your music is definitely somewhat in line with the Eminem that's audience. It's not, it's not per se down that road, but it's it's in that grouping. It's in that area. And that's a bunch of Midwestern uh, white kids, white dudes most, most likely, who fuck with it. And then you got that 1-800 song. And you know you, that's what your audience is, and you you understand that you understand marketing to some extent. However, that doesn't necessarily mean that you gotta disassociate. I guess is the best word. And again, that's from what I've seen when it comes to logic. I've seen not not like a a denouncement, but I really don't see a lot of uh, work in the black community per se from logic. And again, I could I mean, be wrong. I'm, I'm a logic I'm a logic fan, and I, I like his music, but. You are right when it comes to that. I think he 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 plays he he uses it when it when it's necessary. He mostly uses it in his music. When he makes certain songs, like he takes that route when he makes and that might just be his niche. He likes to rap about those type of things. That's what he sees works for him and that's what he's gonna run with. But um like I said, there's a lot of multi there's a lot of biracial rappers, quite a few of them that are doing their thing and they make it abundantly clear that they they're for the black culture. If you ask them, they're black. Like there's no there's no denying it. And there's a lot of them that are successful. Like you said, the J. Coles, the Drakes, the Chris Browns. There's there's a bunch of them, man. There's a lot of them that are out there putting in the work. And at the end of the day, you've never doubted whether or not they're black. As much as people doubt the fact that Logic is, and a lot of people do that. So man, listen, I like him as an artist, but. I-
Yeah, I think it's a fair, uh, to some extent, I think it's a fair argument. Of course, I think Joe's wording, as always, when he's in his mode where he's just saying things, he's saying it. If you recognize the podcast, if you listen to the podcast, you tend to understand the different versions of Joe. Joe never means any harm, really and truly. I'm not here to defend Joe. I'm not a Joe Venger, but uh, um, I will say that there's an argument to be made to what he's saying, and it shouldn't just automatically be dismissed. But his wording is not oftentimes the best. And I'm sure he'll correct it and add to it during, you know, his episode this week. Um, but that concludes our episode <laughs> for this week. Um, what's the tough knot, broski? Um, I think the tough knot is, you know, again, I think uh, I think everybody should be really uh, digging within themselves and just get to a level of peace and understanding of who the fuck they are and you know what it is that they like and where they're going i've been coming into a place where i'm just like no longer afraid to you know just be honest and just be raw and just tell the truth and for so long i was afraid of not telling the truth you know to protect my ego you know i was talking about this with sin the other day on a live that she had me on and there's a lot of people out there who are living a lie for no fucking reason like they're just they're just lying and they have no real purpose for why they're lying they're just lying and then with lying you got to tell another lie for another lie for another lie so it's like what's the point like i've told dumbass lies to people that i could have just simply said you know, I don't have it or, you know, that's not what that is. Instead of stringing people along or, you know, making people feel like I'm really cool with them when I'm really fucking not or making them feel like I'm going to really do this thing when I really don't want to do the thing in the first place. I'm actually tight that you asked me to do that thing. Why the fuck would you ask me? Nigga, you know, I don't want to do that dumb shit. It's that it actually is dumb to me, but I'm acting like I'm cool with it. So I just hope everybody gets to a place, honestly speaking, like honestly, you know, whether it's after this podcast you know, whether it's 10 years from now when you listen to this episode, um, just get to a place where you just become more real with yourself because to live in a quote-unquote real world and you lying to yourself, do you even exist? This is a question that you need to ask. That's real. Um, <laughs> What would dad say is what I said earlier. Some of y'all niggas is too woke and y'all need some sleep. Uh, we have to listen. I think opening the door for conversation is a great thing. We we should never blindly follow any one person, sentiment, idea. But I think it's really important for us sometimes to understand why we are putting out certain messages that we are, and when we do it, what. It, what is the reaction or what is it that we desire from this message? So when we're critiquing other people who are, who are in the same battle as we are, the same fight, when we're going back and forth trying to be Twitter therapists and Twitter uh, PhDs, are we doing it because we're really trying to educate other people? Are we doing it because we really care about the culture? Or are we doing it for likes and retweets? Are we doing this shit for comments? Are we doing this to try and be the, the next social media sensation? 
And oftentimes, are, are we doing it just to be contrarian? And I think that that's a, a thing that some people need to ask themselves because not everything needs to be nuanced down to a point about, well, yeah, you guys think it's beautiful, but which you're you're not woke enough to understand that this is really nothing but a celebration of wealth and capitalism when we know that that wasn't even the intent of the project the project was not supposed to be a huge commentary on economics on governmental systems it was not a commentary on that and yeah it may have been a political commentary on being black or black uh black greatness but those are two separate things. So when we start to inflate conversations, and I'm talking about Black is King in that particular instance, but overall, this general point is for everything. We got to stop just finding little things and and just going down people's throat over s- stupidness. J.W. Lucas came out this week and said some wild shit about uh, Tamika Mallory, said some wild shit about Breonna Taylor, and I ain't hear nothing from no name. Maybe I missed it, mm. but I ain't hear nothing from her. Mm. But but you willing to jump down Beyonce's throat for doing something positive? That kind of I don't know what I don't know what your intentions are at that point. I don't know what you're getting at. I don't know if you're really being righteous and just pointing out certain things that you feel really are wrong with the world, or if you're doing it now to elevate your status to have your name associated with bigger names. Because first it was Jake. J. Cole, once first it was just, oh, some of your biggest rappers. Then it was a back and forth with J. Cole. She even made a, a song response. Kudos. That's what rappers do. But now you're going after Beyonce, and, it's, and it just doesn't seem like it's a genuine thing to be attacking. It seems almost like you had to find a way to be contrarian because you knew most people would enjoy the project and, and would look at it as a masterpiece and a, a work of art. Like Michael Jackson and them didn't have to go through this shit. Niggas did we are the world everybody and everybody loved, loved the shit. It, boy. <laughs> Nigga <laughs> Black, white, Facts. like everybody loved We Are the World. But somebody is doing the work on a different page. And this is kind of the same with what happened with Kaepernick and Jay Z. Where Ka- I didn't agree with, with Kaepernick coming at Jay Z for doing things in his own way. We got people who are rich and wealthy and are able to work in those realms. And we got people who are on the ground, able to work on those realms. And we got people who are great think pieces uh, and and can talk and articulate themselves well. We all need to be together at this point in time and not nitpick stupid things to cause divisions of conversations uh, that at the end of the day mean absolutely nothing. Black is King is out. Disney Plus is going to make some money. I'm sure Beyonce is is sending some of that money back to Africa. She uh, hired nothing but African people to make sure that she was doing the due diligence to not culturally appropriate. What more do y'all want, y'all? Y'all, everybody is not gonna be trying to nuance uh, a scientific study in works of art. That's not what works of art are supposed to mean. And yes, you can interpret art however you want to interpret it. If that's your interpretation of it. Go for it. But I just it just leaves a question of what is the solution that you want from putting out said images? 
So this is another episode of Dad Hats and Bow Ties, or said messages rather. I'm the kid XAB. Oh, my, my bad. I didn't know you were doing the outro. D flow. Yeah, we we don't do it. We don't do D-flow. this normally. But <laughs> but yeah, we out.